All right. All right. Episode one. Like, we're actually doing this. Like, we didn't... Uh, I'm pumped. I'm yeah. super pumped. We didn't back out. I like it. Yeah, so, we're on it. We're on it. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the Rooted in Logos podcast. Uh, my name is Brad. I am joined by two of my closest friends, favorite people in the world, uh, Austin. Hey, hey, hey. And Carter. What's up? What's up? We got like three generations of people here. We got yeah. someone in their 30s, uh, in their 20s, 20s, and in their teens. This yeah. is pretty cool. This is cool. 17 um, next month. Hey. All right. So welcome to episode one. Uh, one of hopefully many, Lord willing. Hopefully many. God willing, yeah. Yeah, so we are coming to you from uh, Austin's library, which is uh, pretty cool. Very educational. Uh, Very educational. A lot of homeschooling books here. One of the books I see here is a uh, colorful set called Childcraft. Um, Leads me to believe that maybe you're doing some sort of witchcraft with your children. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, I I don't know what those are. That's Emily's. That's Emily's side of the library. That's fair. Mine's over here. This is the section. Oh, the cool section's over there. I Historical don't, books. You know, I don't see any Tim LaHaye books here, and I'm a little upset. I don't know who that is. Oh, see? Sorry. There's that 30s coming out. Sorry. Right there. <laughs> no, I got I got my C.S. Lewis. I got my J.R.R. Tolkien. I got my Winston Churchill. Oh. Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone. Daniel yeah. Boone. I like it. And Side story, I'm actually related to Daniel Boone. I know a guy named Daniel Boone. He's not the same. <laughs> That's just his name. Anyway. Uh, anyway, circling back, why we're yeah. here. <laughs> so uh, so just to give a little bit of background on what we're doing, uh, I was having a conversation with Austin actually at his house a few weeks back, and we were talking about the importance of studying the word, knowing what we believe, knowing why we believe it, and why, especially now, that's extremely important uh, with everything going on in the world. A um, couple days later, I see him at church, and I said, you know, I've been thinking, let's do a podcast. And immediately he's like, yes. Let's do it. Uh, I've never done anything like that before in my life, but uh, let's do it. Yeah, I haven't either. And and so then I mentioned it to Carter just as like a, hey, what do you think of this idea? And uh, he was enthusiastically like, yes, let's do that. At the time, he wasn't necessarily involved. And then we recorded this kind of fake help Brad learn how to edit episode. And I'm like, all right, Carter has to be in because this was fantastic. <laughs> so uh, welcome, Carter. Thank you. This. Glad yeah. to be here. So uh, what we're going to do is each week we're going to have two episodes, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, The first episode on Tuesday is typically going to be some deep theological topic. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, different methods of studying the Bible, uh, how to interpret scripture, why context matters, and then dive into actual topics of the doctrine of God, the doctrine of man, uh, and really dig in, firm up our belief system. Uh, And then on Thursday, we're going to release an episode that is just a conversation about some sort of topic that is relevant to our culture. Um, And we'll get into some of that a little bit later in this episode, but just how do we as Christians respond to what is happening in the world around us? Yeah. Something that's relevant that hits, hits people today that people are going through either at home, at work, in the church, especially, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's going to be exciting times. I think it's going to be fun. I hope you guys enjoy and are entertained but also you learn and you are challenged to dig deeper into the word. I know Paul, uh, in one of his letters to the church, he mentioned, be like the Bereans and check what, what we're saying by scripture. Dig in for yourself, do studying, see if what we're saying checks out. Uh, ultimately, we are humans and we are prone to error. We don't know everything. We never will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, except maybe Carter. He's young still. Yep. But, but uh, Wise old man in a... In a little little man's body yeah that's me there you go. <laughs> but 
we we want this to encourage people to study the word. Uh, and so with that, this week's going to look a little different. First episode, we're just going to talk about why we felt led to do this. We're going to talk about why uh, we feel like this is the right time for this uh, investment in time and money and why this is worthwhile. And then Thursday, we're going to dig into the Nicene Creed and just kind of talk about the basics of Christianity to give us a foundation of what we're doing. And so with that, let's get into why we're doing this and why uh, we felt called to do this. So um, for me, uh, there were three specific events that happened uh, somewhat recently that led me to this idea, uh, led me to this desire to not only shore up my faith, but also help others shore up theirs. Uh, the first one was in the news uh, pretty heavily for a while. It was uh, John MacArthur uh, in California and James Coates, who's a pastor out in Canada. And actually, after I did prep for this, another pastor in California came up. I don't don't think I have his name, um, but we'll talk about him too. But the first one, John MacArthur, for those who don't know, he's a pastor out in uh, California at Grace Community Church. Austin had the privilege of hearing him preach uh, a couple weeks ago. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty cool. Of which I was slightly jealous because I've <laughs> read a few of his books. He is fantastic. Um, but back in July of 2020, uh, L.A. County issued him a cease and desist order for meeting in person in, uh, inside at his church. Um, they threatened a $1,000 a day fine, and they threatened to arrest him if they continued to meet during these COVID lockdowns. Keep in mind, strip clubs were allowed to be open at the time. Restaurants kind of could be open. There were some pretty heavy restrictions there. Essential, remember, just essential. Yeah, but the church, his church specifically, said we are not closing. We are going to stay open, stay faithful to the word, and the government was like, mm, no, you're not. I know at one point they threatened to take his parking permit away for his congregation to where they couldn't use the parking lot that apparently the city owned. And they were going to uh, ticket and or tow anyone who used it. I know John MacArthur's had a ton of interviews. You can listen to them all. Uh, you can find them on YouTube, find them on different podcasts where he is like, well, if they lock me up, I'll start a jail ministry. <laughs> I love that mentality. He was like a big hero of mine when he start, when he really did this because, I mean, let's be honest, guys. When COVID hit, a lot of churches shut down and then stayed shut down, right? Our church, the, the church the three of us go to, we did close for the two weeks, I think just to figure out what we were dealing with. And then the church and the elders said, we're not doing that again. And I greatly appreciate that and also appreciate what John MacArthur's done. Uh, also in Canada, James Coates, uh, back in February, he was arrested and he spent 30 days in jail for holding services, for holding in-person indoor services. The health department in Canada. I believe it's in Calgary. No, it's in Alberta. Maybe the same place. I don't know. <laughs> don't know my Canadian geography. We're Americans here. So. Yeah. All I know is A and poutine. That's all I know about Canada. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the health department has, has conducted 18 different inspections on that church, trying to basically get them to shut down. After he was released, they continued to meet. And then the board of health, or the health department, along with uh, the Royal Mountie Police, went in and barricaded the church and said, "You cannot come in." Golly. Um, they have, they, I believe, at this point, still have fencing around the church where no one can get into it, no one can meet, no one can hold services. But they met underground, and they are meeting underground. They're putting as out they should. as they should. They're putting out videos. Um, they're blurring their faces to you know try to keep some anonymity and keep mm -hmm. some. Uh, 
mystery behind who's there, but they are still meeting. Um, and praise God for that. Praise Amen. God for them. Yeah. Uh, and finally, the, the other one in Canada, there was a pastor that, uh, there was a viral video. I don't know if you guys saw it, of this pastor kicking out some police officers. Yep, I saw that one. And kicking out a, 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 a health department official. Get out. <laughs> Get out. I uh, called him Gestapo yep. and Nazis, and it was pretty fantastic. But he is now facing some legal issues. There has been a judge in Calgary that they gave the police and the health department full authority to enter that building by any means necessary. Oh, my goodness. Use any means they deem appropriate also to arrest him if he resists their attempts to get in the building. So oh that has not happened in America yet. It did a little bit to MacArthur, some threats and some whatnot, but no actual legal action has, has really taken place. Well, in, as of right now, we're still protected by the First Amendment. Yeah. But no telling how long that, that will but last. Canada's just right there. I know. For those who can't see, I'm pointing upward. They're north. They're north. Just north. a few hours. Yeah. Uh, and, and seriously, it is, it's hitting really close to home. So that was my first reason. And I'm sorry I'm long-winded. Uh, hopefully these guys can uh, also go for a while on this too. <laughs> but uh, the second thing that really bothered me is I started to see this move towards critical race theory. And social justice, uh, infiltrating the church. The church, all right? yes. Um, and, and I wrote down, and I'm not going to go through all of these. Uh, we will maybe at Discussions some, for different times. Yeah. At some later episode, what critical race theory actually is and the tenets of critical race theory. Um, but one of them that stood out to me is that, according to them, racism is ordinary and it's normal. There is nothing that isn't touched and tainted by racism in this country. And so the idea of a merit-based system or a meritocracy is that idea basically means you get jobs based on your accomplishments. You get opportunities based on your abilities and based on your skills. According to critical race theory and those that are that that purport it, those that uh, ascribe to it, ascribe to it, yeah. um, that's racism. That if that you need to offer all opportunities to all people, especially people of color, no matter if they deserve it or not. And that colorblind culture where we treat people as individuals, we treat people the way Christ treated people and treats people is as an individual, that's racist as well. And that all that does is enable white people to keep their power. And I'm seeing this in the church, in a lot of churches today going this route, Southern Baptist Convention. You can look up a bunch of stuff about that and about how they have started to ascribe to some of this stuff and it's it's terrifying and sad and infuriating just a little bit and third and finally and i'm going to read actually this whole mission statement um is progressive christianity Mm. and the infiltration of progressivism into our church so had a conversation with a friend recently uh he was he and his family were looking potentially for a new church and they wanted something that was more formal a little more structured in the service, some liturgies, you know, where call and response, liturgy, very elegant type service. Yeah. And so they were looking for that, and they could not find any place in the area that did not affirm, not just welcome people, but affirm the LGBTQ plus community. They did not hold to a biblical view of marriage. And their thought process, and this was striking to me, was if they will bend on this very clear teaching in Scripture, they will bend on that, what else are they going to bend on? What else are they going to compromise? Affirm, as in, like, affirming, you saying it's okay? Yeah, no, they say it's okay. Okay, so 
Okay, I I heard that wrong. So they are affirming. They are affirming that it's okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I got online and I went to this church, um, this church's website that claims to be a progressive Christian church, and I just want to read this mission statement, and you'll see what drives me to do this. I think based <laughs> on this statement alone. Uh, so this is from BethelBeaverton.org slash Progressive Christianity. All right, that is the website. I want to source everything so you can look for yourself. So I'm not just making stuff up. And here's what it says: "Quote, we are not fundamentalists. We don't believe the Bible is the inerrant and infallible Word of God. We don't agree that creationism should replace the science of evolution in public schools. We don't believe that God hates gays. We don't believe that people of other faiths are going to hell unless they convert to Christianity." We don't deny the right of women to choose what happens to their bodies. End quote. Oh my goodness. That is what's being taught in some of our churches today. Blasphemy. I will say this. There is one line in there. We don't believe that God hates gays. I agree with that. God absolutely does not hate gays. He loves them. He loves them. (laughs) What were you going to say, Carter? I was going to say another line they could add to the end of that is also, we're not Christians. They're just like... (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so... I want to say from the beginning, and then I'm going to stop talking and let someone else talk. (laughs) Um, I believe that the Bible is the inerrant and infallible word of God. The Bible is without error. The Bible is without contradiction. And the Bible is God's story of redemption for mankind. Um, It does not return void. It's not out of date. It's not out of date. It is relevant. It is the living and active word of God. Well, and that that ties into our, our name meaning, rooted in Logos. And what is Logos? If someone were to, to uh, if someone was to Google Logos, see what it means, it would just come up as you know word. It just means word. Well, no. Go to John one one. In the beginning was the word. That is Logos. John uses that word to describe Jesus. So you can look at it as Logos is another name for Jesus. We are rooted in Logos, the word of God, which is Jesus, rooted in Jesus. Yeah. So just to wrap up what we believe that is contrary to what this statement says, we do believe that Jesus is the only way to salvation. He is the only way to heaven. Without him, we will go to hell. Those who are not in Christ do not spend eternity with him and spend eternity apart from him in a place called hell. I believe that. I believe that is fundamental. I believe that is key. 100%. Also, this idea that we don't deny the right of women to choose what happens to their bodies. To me, that is evil. Because what they're talking about there, obviously, if, if, if you don't know, is abortion. The murdering and slaughtering of unborn children in the womb. That flies against everything I believe in. Everything we, the three of us, believe in. And everything mm-hmm. as the church should believe in. Each individual person is knitted together in the mother's womb by God. Known by God. They are an individual. It is not the woman's body anymore. She is sharing her body with another Separate human, human being. being. Do not suffer the little children. Let them come to me. Those are the reasons. Just real briefly, we'll, I think we're going to get into all of these in depth at some point throughout this podcast. But those are, those are the reasons. It is sad what is infiltrating our church. And then on top of that, the attacks that the culture is levying on us and on believers is something that we have not seen in our lifetimes, especially in this country. So that is that is where I'm at. That is my mission, my passion behind this. I'm going to let someone else talk because I need some water. So, Carter. So, like you said in the intro, you were talking to me. I think we were going to lunch, actually. I was right after church service, and we were were on our way to lunch, and you were just, like, super pumped about this podcast. You were like, I just talked to Austin about it, 
and you you shared the story about what happened in Canada. And I was like, I can't tell if this is an invitation for me to join or if he's just letting <laughs> just ranting at this point. I was like, but probably uh, both. <laughs> I can I, see that. Yeah. I was just kind of like, well, I'll listen. And I was like, maybe this is an invitation. This sounds really cool to be a part of. It really does hurt my heart to see what happens in this world to Christians and churches nowadays. And then you invited me for the test dummy episode zero. That was a lot of fun. I thought it would feel super unnatural talking into talking to each other in mics, but it didn't actually, and it was fairly easy to do. And I realized that this is a good way to get out of my comfort zone because growing up, I wasn't as much of a talker. I was just much more of a listener. So right now I'm switching into being more of a talker. And this is a good way to do that. Just like stepping out of my shell to be able to share what I have to say, because I have a lot to say. It's just most of the time, people don't take the time to listen, so I don't take the time to share it. A verse that I have that kind of backs up why I want to be here is John eight thirty two, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I just, like, want people to know that, like, the word is the truth, like how you were saying. We don't want to take place of the church. We don't, but, like, we still can give people the um, knowledge that they need. And, like, in the early steps of my faith, I wasn't in the word like at all and i would just like get by without knowing anything and because i was like eh, i was just baptized a month ago i'm not supposed to know everything and like that was my excuse and no one really questioned it but when i became more mature and still wasn't in the word it kind of made me question like why am i doing this and what am i trying to gain out of this and i was reading a devotion a few days ago it was like two weeks ago maybe it was saying if someone treated you the way you treat god would you believe they really loved you hmm and it was saying like the whole thing was like making sure you have genuine faith and like if you are doing christianity f to achieve a short-term goal then you're not going to achieve that goal like you need to un like understand are you here for god and to be a an actual christian or are you here to achieve something for yourself and it was like if it's the first one great you need to take more steps to become a genuine christian but if it's the second one try as hard as you can to switch it to the first one. So I just like really want to be more into the word and have more to say. I wrote down a few bullet points for my reasons of why I'm here. One of them has to do with churches shutting down over COVID, all this. I was like, at the beginning, I was so like ready for this. I was like, I'm going to read all kinds of the Bible. I'm going to read it every day. I'm going to watch all kinds of sermons. And there was a sermon I listened to before our church started doing online. I had to listen to I don't remember what church it was. It was some local one. And I listened to it and he said that God didn't like send the coronavirus, but he's going to use it to get to us. And like, if we are not using this time to grow, we are completely wasting it. And it was given to us. And I was so pumped to just get super deep and get super close to Christ in that time. But then I started questioning, why would he send this? And why would he isolate me in my room for so long if he really wanted me to grow? And just not, it was... I'm going to be honest, it was super hard to worship through a computer screen and to not have that community that you get at a church. That is like a huge part of who I am, getting community and getting a family, a church family that I'm allowed to like just be around all the time. And I'm with you on that. I, as social as I am, it doesn't take much for me to flip and be the opposite. So I love being around you guys. I love being around our church family. I love being around my family, just, you know, family proper. But when COVID hit and everything shut down, I mean, yes, I still went to work because I was quote unquote essential, Essential, but I did. I, I, I used 
my long drive to church as an excuse to not go mm. and just sit in the car and do an outdoor service. And I did switch from being this social, being around people, being happy, being into the word to sitting in my room watching television, right? Mm. Sitting in my house, playing video games. I probably didn't do that much, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I get that 100% because my first couple of weeks, couple of maybe even towards a month of COVID, I was in ex that exact position. So you were not alone in that. <laughs> Be encouraged. Yeah, and definitely I felt so alone and left in the dust. Like, I would get a text like maybe every few days from people and that's not like their fault. They weren't on top of that or not like thinking about what I was doing. But I took that as like, they don't care about me. They haven't seen me in months. They aren't texting me. I haven't seen anyone. So then I just like, they would start texting me, but I wasn't responding anymore because mm. I had almost like at that position, I wasn't really, I, I wouldn't call myself at that time a Christian looking back on it now because I completely lost all my faith and didn't want to do it. It's not that I didn't believe it anymore. It just got boring and I didn't experience the love of Christ through my friends and my family. So I would still get texts and calls from them. And like, if they called me, I'd just be like, eh, I don't like calls. You can text me. And then I wouldn't respond to the text because I didn't want them to know where I was at. I didn't want them, like, if I was to come back, I didn't want them to be like, he wasn't a Christian for those months. And I just like, couldn't admit to it. I couldn't admit to the people that I had spent so many months growing together with that I just not believing in God anymore not wanting to be his child mm. so it was hard but back to my main point I'm doing this podcast to make sure that doesn't happen to other people and that's probably always going to happen to a few people we can't control or we can't reach every single person but I want to be able to reach as many people as I can to let them know that it is much more rewarding to stay in the word than to just not because you have that community and like just because it goes away doesn't mean that you won't see people ever again like it taught me to be much more reliable on god because people aren't going to always be there for me so i need to understand that god always will be so i can turn to him when i need to i got a point that it's people tend to get the wrong ideas of christians all the time we're seen as judgmental or we think that we're better than everyone else and like i just want to show people that we don't think that like that's not what we believe true true christianity yeah mm -hmm. we don't yeah it, it, we're called every name in the book right <clears throat> homophobic sexist racist yep all the ists and obics <laughs> uh, but true christianity like it's not that we the only difference is that we know we're in sin and like sins aren't different like just because you can see someone else's sin doesn't mean it's worse than the sin that i have it's just like we are trying to stop that sin and get closer to God in those moments. Yeah, I think that's it for my points. On to you, Austin. Very nice. Great. <clears throat> leave, leave me for last. That's cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Saving the best for last, really. <clears throat> at least, at the very least, the best voice for last. Oh, goodness. No, I'm all <laughs> stuffy and nasally, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, for me, definitely, uh, Brad and I, we started talking. We were actually looking at starting a Bible study at our church together, and... More and more talking about it, looking at it, and Brad comes to me with this idea of doing a podcast. I'm like, dude, well, yeah, it like, makes so much sense. Being able to not just pick one day out of the week, see how many people could show up. Not many other people would show up. So it's like, how could we do it where a lot of people would be able to listen on their own time and be able to do it on a good time for both of us to um, me being, having a family. I have three kids, one on the way. Uh, Brad lives all the way out in 
Louisville, Kentucky. Woo woo. Yeah, shout that that one out. I'm in Corden. Corden, Indiana. I'll cool. be in Corden in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. You're gonna be at my house a lot. Just so much. <laughs> Our dogs can play. Ah, there you go. Um <clears throat> I'm over here too. Yeah, Carter. I guess Carter <laughs> can show up. Is Carter your puppy? Never mind. I'm just Aww. Aww. <laughs> now nah, for for me looking at this being able to, to dive in and definitely the research i've been doing and reading scriptures the past several years moving into that role of spiritual leader of my household you know being married having children having that responsibility i want to wake up the professing believers the one that the ones that call themselves christians that have gone back to sleep they have been made alive by christ but they have allowed themselves to go dormant, stagnant, whatever you would call it, going back to sleep. Um, I want to reach out to them, wake them up and say, look, you need to wake up. I don't know if you, you remember, but God would rather have you be on one side or the other. If you're lukewarm, he will spit you out. So you need to figure out what side you're going to be on. And hopefully it's the latter. I got a, a couple things. I'm going to read an excerpt from... Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 11. This is talking about Pharisees. They have the knowledge, but they don't have the obedience or the spiritual wisdom that comes from the word. So I'll read it real quick. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear, and they lay them on people's shoulders but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues, the greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers, and call no man father on earth. For you have one Father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whosoever exalts himself will be humble, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Looking back, I was a Pharisee. I grew up in a Christian home. I, I grew up in the church, and I was very blessed that way. But I got the knowledge first, and... The obedience in the spiritual wisdom came later, which I, I'm, I'm so thankful that it came, but realizing I was there and I want to wake people up from that. To not be your Pharisees, but to be able to have the knowledge that comes from scripture, but to be praying for the obedience and the spiritual wisdom that comes along with it. I relate to that so well, right? So, uh, <laughs> funny, really funny story. Well, side note, uh, <laughs> I was maybe in sixth grade. Somewhere in that range, 6th, 5th, 6th, 7th grade. And uh, as most middle schoolers are, I was an absolute punk. Um, but my punkishness... Speak for yourself, man. Hey. Uh, <laughs> but my punkishness was from going to a private school. I went I went to a Christian school, K-12. through uh, Went to Bible college after that. Again, kind of like you, I had the knowledge. Um, even in 5th or 6th grade, I had the knowledge. So I would sit uh in the living room reading my bible just to show people hey i love jesus mm. just to show my mom or my dad or whoever was around oh yeah i love jesus i'm gonna read my bible in front of you just that kind of hey i got knowledge i'm arrogant yeah um yeah. and it, it, yeah you have to be humble uh so i relate to that 100 percent. i was awful 
So <laughs> I hope you weren't that awful. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yeah. Second part. So this this Hebrew word I read a long time ago, and it's kind of stuck with me. Uh, it's called, it's avodah. A-V-O-D-A-H, avodah. This word is referenced throughout the Old Testament over a thousand times. And the reason being is because in that word, there are three separate words that come from that. Ava, avda, avodah, the root word. But it all means work, worship, and service. Meaning, through our work... Whatever we may be doing, either at the workplace, in church, whatever, your work is your worship. You are worshiping God through your work and through your service to other people and to God. So I got a couple um, scripture references that bring those into play. So number one, uh, Joshua twenty four fifteen. But as for me and my household, we will avilda, serve. We will serve the Lord. Second one, Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to Avoda, to work. Third, Exodus 8.1, this is what the Lord says, let my people go so that they may Avoda, worship me. This is a powerful image to think that the word for working in the fields is the same word used for worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus, 1 Corinthians Corinthians 3.11. So often we think of worship as something we do on Sunday. The dichotomy is neither what God designed nor what he desired for our lives. Avida, on the other hand, suggests that our work can be a form of worship where we honor the Lord God and serve our neighbors. So that is, that is what I'm wanting to do through this, be able to wake those up that are already proclaiming Christianity, to bring them closer to him through his word, and through Avoda, work, worship, and service, reach people. I have a book, it's called Every Moment Holy, and it's got like liturgies for like almost every scenario you can think of. There's one for like changing diapers or something. And, I'm used to that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's one for like tedious tasks or whatever it is, like, something like that like what you're saying and i've i've used it before and it was like almost exactly what you're saying like how help me to worship through what i'm doing and not just like or there's one for washing dishes like to not just view it as some task that i'm doing but view it as like worship yeah a way to worship exactly and like when i worked at papa john's it was worst hours of my days but if you're listening and you want to work papa john's go for it do it (laughs) (laughs) but if you're over 18 and you can drive you can make some Don't money. be in the make line. But I would like, every, as I was walking in, I would like, I remember the first day I didn't do this prayer, so I had a terrible day. And I was like, on my way walking in, I was like, help me to understand that I'm not just working or making pizzas, but I'm worshiping you through what I do and help me to get through this day. So like each time I would do that, it would like make my day significantly better. And it was, it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's like with me, I love what I do. I love my job. Uh, I love the people I work with. But that that is very helpful, being able to come into that saying, look, I am working for the glory of God. And if men are able to profit off of that, or if they are able to be blessed by that, then awesome. But I am I'm giving all the glory to God, and that is who I work for. So that's a great way to transition. Like, this is for God. Ultimately, right? So we we have our reasons. We have what has driven us to this point, driven us to do this podcast that maybe some of you will listen to. Maybe. Maybe you'll care what we say. Hi, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) 
But ultimately, it is to glorify God. It will help us individually deepen our faith because we will have to come into this prepared each week, come into this ready to talk about whatever topic we're going to talk about. So it's, it's, I'm excited. Uh, I want to leave us with a verse. First Peter 3, 14 and 15 say, But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. And for me, that's the driving point. Mm. We're going to suffer. We're going to suffer for righteousness sake. I think the time is coming in this country sooner rather than later where Christians will be ostracized even more so than they already are from just the public square. Oh, yeah. Um, You see it now with, you know, the quote unquote cancel culture where if you deviate from a certain narrative, they basically ruin your life. I mean, they take away your job. They take away your ability to talk, to breathe. They, they, They just suffocate the life out of you when you deviate from this uh, scripted narrative that they have. Um, And that's not just political. That's also religious. That's also just a culture as a whole. So it's going to happen. It is coming. We need to be ready because what happens when this critical race theory creeps into your church? Are you strong enough in your beliefs to say, this is not right. Or do you realize that it's already there? Exactly. And and what can we do as a church to encourage each other to stand up for the truth, fight for our local congregations? A conversation I had with another friend of ours went along the lines of, we're never going to find a church that we agree with 100% mm. of the time. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We are humans. We are mm. fallible. We read things and interpret things differently than they're than they should be or even some some disagreements that really are secondary in nature but the point is our local church our churches are worth fighting for the truth is worth fighting for the truth is worth preserving and defending peter tells us to in first peter 3 that's what i want this to be an encouragement to the church to say hey we are under attack how does scripture say we should respond yeah. What is the truth? What is the Logos? What is the word? What does Jesus have to say in vain of the 1990s bracelet phenomenon? What would Jesus do? <laughs> Side note on that, by the way, in maybe middle or high school, the goal was to see how many of those bracelets you could fit on your wrist. That yeah. was your level of Christian Christianity was judged by how many WWJD bracelets you had. Yeah, if you was, didn't wear one, you weren't a Christian. Oh, absolutely. It's plain and simple. Yeah, you you just... I was homeschooled, so I missed out on that. Oh, oh that explains cool so much. It does. It oh, my so gosh. Much. Look at the room. <laughs> now, and, and definitely looking at it, you know, remembering we are the church. This is not a matter of, you know, there's that church down the street or the church across the corner. If they're proclaiming to be Christians and they are true Christians, we, we are the church. We need to be sticking together. We need to be able to reinforce each other. And like, like you said, Brad, you know, we, we have our, our differences, difference of opinion when it comes to secondary things, which is fine. You know, we can have those conversations, but at the end of the day, we need to realize who is King, who is the son of God. That is Jesus. He came and he died for us and he came back to life for us. Absolutely. So in closing, we also want to hear from you. If you are listening, 
we have an email set up rooted in logos pod at gmail.com logos spelled l-o-g-o-s rooted in logos pod at gmail.com if there is a question about theology you have if there is a topic or an event or some sort of issue that you've noticed either within your own church within your own life that you would want to hear three goofy guys discuss <laughs> please email us uh we're on facebook we're on instagram uh rooted in logos pod i think is what i put for facebook yeah, and instagram rooted in logos pod find us reach out to us we'll do our best to uh get to different topics uh providing people want to listen to them so because i want to do this with humility i don't just want to assume right yeah yeah. (laughs) or if you just like need prayer you can email us and we'd be happy to do that yeah we'd be happy to do that for sure yeah absolutely and i I do think we'll have some guests on from time to time i have a fourth microphone uh so we'll have some people (laughs) here to talk about specific things um i have a few in mind um and and we're gonna we're gonna do this. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. And, and like you said at the beginning, you know, we realize we do not know everything. Mm-hmm. And if if you guys think that there is something scripturally wrong, email us. Let us know. We will do more research, and we will come at it from a different perspective. If it is foundational, you know, like you don't believe Jesus is the Son of God, then we will tell you lovingly that you're wrong. But we will look at everything and make sure we are very scriptural, very doctrinal. But we do realize we don't know everything. Thank you for joining us for episode one. Uh, one of, again, hopefully many. We're very excited. Uh, we will see you guys on Thursday. I don't have a good sign off. Mm. We do uh, <clears throat> editing yeah. on the fly here, guys. We'll we'll, fi- we'll figure it out. We'll have we'll have a cool, you know, leaving. Stay classy, San Diego. Stay classy, yeah. No. We're not even in San Diego. Never going to Louisville, (laughs) Kentucky. Hey, (laughs) I'll be there in like a couple hours. No, (laughs) I don't cross that bridge unless I have to. Sketchy. It is a little bit. There's some good restaurants. There's some great restaurants in Louisville. Oh, maybe that'd be an episode. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out something (laughs) something more classy for an exit. Stay classy, San Diego. Stay (laughs) tuned. And we're out. Oh, Oh, wrong button. Thank you for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen. Also, please help us out by leaving a five-star review. If you want to connect with us or suggest a topic, email us at rootedinlogospod at gmail.com. Logos, L-O-G-O-S, pod at gmail.com. Or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedinlogospod.com.